Welcome to BIB Today, the daily business show from the newsroom of business in Vancouver. I'm Haley Wooden, executive editor at BIB. A recent study from the University of British Columbia and the Strategic Salmon Health Initiative has traced the origins of PRV, a virus linked with kidney and liver damage in Chinook salmon. Now, the analysis found that this virus is continually being transmitted between open net salmon farms and wild juvenile Chinook salmon in BC waters. Dr. Gideon Mordecai joins me today. He is a viral ecologist and a postdoctoral fellow with UBC. He also led the study. Dr. Mordecai, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Now, prior to the study, what did we know and what didn't we know about the source and transmission of PRV? You know, that's, that's an interesting question. Um, the virus was uh, only discovered you know, in 2010. Um, and the science has been emerging ever since. And our knowledge of the origin of the virus um, has, uh, has been growing. And as we, we sequence more and more genomes of this virus, we get a bit more um, certainty about where it comes from. Um, early, early on, I think in 2013, scientists hypothesized the virus originated from Norway based on similarity of, of some of the sequences they collected in BC to sequences in Norway. Um, but since then, we've got a much greater understanding of the origin of, of the virus and also transmission dynamics of the virus here in British Columbia. And tell me a bit about sort of how the approach you took to this study and ultimately what you were able to find as a result of your work. So we're using a similar kind of technology to the one you've probably seen used to track variants of SARS-CoV-2 around the world. Um, we're sequencing the viral genomes and based on changes and differences in the genomes, we can infer where, where the virus come from. Um, we're also doing surveillance. So just as we can get a PCR test, if someone has symptoms for a virus, we can do just that with salmon. And we, we've carried out surveillance on thousands of farmed and wild salmon on the coast in BC. And using those data, we can also make some uh, inferences. And what are some of the inferences you've been able to make recently? So one of the things our study looked at, as well as the origin of the virus, was what are the transmission dynamics? And to do that, we screened the, for PRV on Atlantic salmon farms in BC, and we found the virus is very, very, very common on, on farms. Um, by the end of a production cycle, almost all of the farm Atlantic salmon come infected with the virus. Um, so this raises a question, is there spillover of virus to wild salmon? Um, one of the ways we answered that question was we screened for the virus in wild Chinook salmon. And what we found was the closer the wild salmon were sampled to the farms, the more likely they are to be infected. So this suggested that those Chinook salmon are getting infected from the farms. Um, but, you know, that could have been because of other reasons, too. So we followed up that work by sequencing the genomes of the virus from the farm salmon and the wild salmon. And we see that they share the same viral variants. And this suggests that there's continual transmission happening between the farmed and the wild fish. Now, are we able to say conclusively that salmon farms are the source of this virus, or is there still some ambiguity or a lack of certainty around where PRV starts and which group, so to speak, is transmitting it? Well, when we speak about source of a virus, we mean a few things. Um, one of them was that the data suggests that salmon farming was what introduced the virus to the region. Um, but we also know the virus is very, very, very common on the farms now. Uh, on in day-to-day -day operations. Um, 
on the other hand, the virus is much less common in wild fish. So, so the, all the data put together suggests that the source of virus to the wild fish is, is from the farms. We've also detected PRV in freshwater hatcheries. So Atlantic salmon, at the start of their life cycle, they're reared on freshwater and land before they're introduced to the net pens. And the virus has also been detected in these freshwater hatcheries, suggesting it's then put into the oceans where almost all the fish become infected and the virus then spills over. Does this overturn any knowledge that was previously held or statements that were previously made about where PRV comes from or how it's transmitted from farm salmon to wild salmon stocks? Well, one of the things our virus looked at, uh, sorry, our, our study looked at was the variation in the viral genomes. And it's kind of commonly stated, the, the phrase commonly used before my study was, oh, the BC strain of the virus. Uh, what we found is that this, the lineage of the virus we have here is, is, although it's a little bit different to what's in Norway, um, it's very, very similar. It's the same strain. It's even the same, well, the same substrain. Um, and this is likely a result of the fairly recent introduction. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm hoping we're going to change the language about how we speak about this virus. And rather than call it the BC strain, I'm calling it the lineage of virus, which is in BC, because it's not too different from the virus, which is in Norway. Oh, interesting. Um, one of the lines in the study that was published in uh, Science Advances speaks to the need for robust regulation of aquaculture as a result. Can you elaborate a bit on sort of the state of regulation that exists and, and what you mean by more robust regulation, mm -hmm. what is needed? You know, currently, uh, Pycinorphorea virus isn't classified as a disease agent, um, which means that it is basically not controlled. Um, there's building evidence that this virus is a disease agent. There's uh, a study in, in Norway which shows that the B a BC isolate of a virus is, causes heart lesions in Atlantic salmon. But more importantly to the ecology in British Columbia, the virus has been associated with a different disease in Chinook salmon. And obviously these are a wild Pacific species. Um, and the evidence is, is building that this virus poses a risk to wild salmon. And um, in that sense, I, I think there's a responsibility from the Department of Fisheries and Oceans to, to regulate this virus as if it's a disease agent, because there's evidence showing that it causes disease. Of course. Is there also a need for a global response if there is sort of a disease linked to farms in Norway affecting potentially salmon here in Canada? Uh, there's only so much, say, our federal government can do within its jurisdiction. Well, you know, I think that's the case of kind of the cat already being out the bag. The, the virus has been introduced. Since then, uh, movements of, of fish have been ceased between continents for, for this very reason. Um, but the situation in British Columbia now is that the virus is within salmon farming operations. It's super abundant on farms and it's spinning over to fish. And that is now a, uh, a situation which we have to deal with here. Another line I wanted to highlight from the piece, quote, the rise of aquaculture has caused an ecological shift that favors the emergence and spread of marine infectious disease, mm -hmm. end quote. Uh, is there a version of aquaculture that exists today that isn't so conducive to the spread of disease? Or is this kind of a fundamental issue with the way this industry is structured and the practices that are in place? You know, it's a, it's a yes and no for my answer there. Um, if we study the rise of agriculture, we see the same thing. As soon as you start growing at the same crop or the same animal in high density, um, it leads to the emergence and evolution of disease. And that's just something which humans have had to deal with over um, 
centuries of farming, um, there are ways to minimize interactions of that disease with, you know, co-inhabiting animals. So, you know, many chickens are bred inside. So there's not an issue with, with bird flu spreading between the, the farm birds and the wild birds, for example. Um, you know, there are calls to minimize interactions between salmon farming and wild fish in British Columbia. And uh, I believe that uh, my manuscript is just another piece of evidence which lends weight to those calls. And moving forward, is there anything else about this issue that you're hoping to study further? Well, I've got lots of projects uh, on the go. I, I've, you know, I, I'm really interested in applying the same kind of genome technology to some of the other viruses which we know are associated with uh, cultured fish and we also see in wild fish. Um, so that's something which I'm, uh, yeah, I'm continuing to work on. Dr. Mordecai, I appreciate you taking the time to join our show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. That's Dr. Gideon Mordecai. He is a postdoctoral fellow at UBC. He also led this study, which we've been discussing. And this has been BIV Today. Thanks so much for listening to our show. If you liked what you heard, you can subscribe via your favorite podcast app. You can also find us at BIV.com slash audio. I'm Haley Wooden. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with a new episode of our show tomorrow.